Hey friends, if you struggle to find time to read the Bible, or maybe like me, you do devotions in the morning, but then you could use a little more scripture in your day, I want to make sure you know about the Dwell Bible app. What makes Dwell so special is that they read the Bible to you, and you can choose from all different books of the Bible, different plans. They even have Dwell Daily, which is a daily devotional. And what really sets Dwell apart is that they have a variety of voices. You can have read the Bible to you. Over time, I've listened to Rosie the most. She is soft and relaxed and makes you feel like you're sitting by a fireside being read to. I also love Amber's voice. It's comforting and eloquent. So good. And then you can also choose what you want in the background, whether it's music or white noise. I love hearing the piano being played while I listen to the Bible being read to me. Pretty special. Dwell has something for everyone, men, women, and even children. So go over to dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash Monica Swanson for your 25% discount. I know you're going to love it. So check it out. Let me know what you think. Aloha and welcome to the 24th episode of the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, author of the book Boy Mom, which just released in August, and I'm coming to you from the north shore of Oahu in Hawaii, where it is not fall at all. So if you're looking out your window and you're seeing those leaves starting to change color, if there's a chill in the air, if you're wearing a sweater and boots, just know I'm thinking of you about right now. This is the time of year I get a little homesick for the mainland, and so, you know, feel free to rub it in if you want to send me photos of your beautiful colors there or anything else, you can email me that as well as questions, comments, special requests for future episodes, all of that at aloha at monicaswanson.com. I love getting feedback from all of you. Um, So today we are going to have a great time. I'm bringing back on a favorite guest, Wendy Speak. Wendy was my first guest on this podcast. She also wrote the foreword to Boy Mom, so she is a very special friend for that. And um, so many of you enjoyed listening to Wendy and I chat in episodes number three and four. Back in those episodes, we were talking about raising boys with boundaries and freedoms and raising boys with discipline. So if you missed those episodes, I encourage you to go back and catch them because um, we covered a whole lot and I got tons of feedback and people said, bring Wendy back. So I asked and Wendy said, yes. So we have two episodes in a row to share this week and next week. Wendy and I are doing Q&As. These are topics that people have sent in via Facebook, Instagram, or email. We tried to make choose some that would be as general as possible so many of you can benefit even if your scenario isn't exactly what people shared. I think that our um, answers, the things we share will be general enough that you can apply it to your sons in the seasons that they are in. And like Wendy and I say, we don't have all the answers. We can share from our experience, from the wisdom we've gathered over the years, but some topics like one we come across today, we're both still working through. And I even ask you to share from your experience. So after you're done listening, I hope you will go over to show notes, which you can find always at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. And if you've got a comment or something to share, I would sure love to hear from you over there. 
Now, before I dive into my conversation with Wendy, I want to thank you all again so much for leaving ratings and reviews for this podcast wherever you listen. I do read everyone and I like to share um, a recent review here so that you know I read all of them and they mean so much to me. So today I want to share with you a recent review and this was left by Soccer Wife 4 and she calls it so refreshing. She gave me five stars. Thank you so much. And she says, thank you so much, Mom for following your calling. I'm a boy mom of two, 11 and eight years old, as well as a pastor's wife and coach's wife. Bless your heart. I came upon your podcast last week and I'm already on episode 15. Can't take my earbuds out. I enjoy listening to your wonderful talks on my daily walks. She even rhymes like I do, remember? Thank you and praying for you and your family. Thank you so much, soccer wife for... That truly means so much to me. And thank you for praying for my family. I definitely appreciate that. Um, And just for all of the support, all of you. I was laughing just putting this episode together because truly, you guys, if you could see behind the scenes what it takes me to put a podcast episode together. I mean, occasionally it's really smooth, but most of the time I have some random technical difficulty almost every time. I would say it's a miracle that I am podcasting. And I used to say it was a miracle that I would could even blog because I am not technologically inclined. And so I have been an overcomer. And most of these episodes, something comes up and one of my teenage sons or my husband is helping me and it is a family affair. So thank you again for the prayers and the support and for bearing with me. On that note, I should mention that even today in Wendy and my episode, there was just a terrible connection. The whole time my Skype was telling me like poor connection and I was so stressed wondering if any of it was going to come through. Um, Most of it worked okay. Towards the end, there are a few places where Wendy's voice kind of is, um, goes in and out. I thought about editing that part out, but I was like, you know what? No, what she was sharing was just too good. So I just left it um, in there. And I think you'll be able to discern what she's saying well enough. But thank you for just being patient with me. I hope over time to get better and better at this and figure out the technology, what will make things work even smoother. So want to thank you guys again. And I am excited to dive into this conversation. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. So Without further ado, here's Wendy and I chatting all the Q&A's practical parenting. Hope you enjoy. Well, aloha, Wendy, and thank you for coming back on to join us for the Boy Mom podcast. Of course, we've been we've been scheming this one up for a while, so I'm glad we're getting to do it. We certainly have. Wendy was on with me for episode, I believe was that three and four. We did two back to back when I was first getting started and had a lot of listeners say, bring Wendy back. We love Wendy. So Wendy, thank you for taking time to join us. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. So guys, you'll have to go back and catch up on those previous episodes if you miss them. But Wendy is a busy woman, uh, a boy mom. She's in California. Wendy, want to give just a couple more updates on who you are for those that missed the earlier episodes? Sure, absolutely. I have three boys. My oldest is Caleb. He's in high school. He's a sophomore. And um, and then I have Brody, who's in junior high. And he is, uh, let's see, he's going to be 14 this next month. And then our youngest is Asher. 
And all three of them are so super busy. But our youngest, Asher, who's 11, uh, he's maybe the most busy of all. He mm-hmm. wants to do every sport. He wants to do everything. We actually joke whenever he tries something new, whether it's fishing or figure skating, he always comes home and we prep each other. We say, okay, Asher's going to walk in and say, I want to be a professional figure skater. And it, it never ceases to amaze us. He does it. He comes in. Okay, I'm going to do this now. He's wanting to just learn anything that he tries his hand at, and he wants to be awesome at it. And so he keeps us on our toes. And um, yeah, anyway, that's been the late, that's the latest figure skating. I absolutely love it. And I love that I've met all of your kids. So when you talk about them, I just picture them and smile. So it's just so much fun. They all have such their own personalities, right? Yeah, yeah. And then more about you, your work, your family. What else? Sure. Um, well, I, I minister to moms online and in books, mostly on the topic of just being overwhelmed. The book that I have uh, with a co-author, Amber Leah, who's also been one of your guests, mm. that's our most popular book is Triggers. And the subtitle kind of captures it, mm-hmm. <laughs> communicates it all, exchanging parents' angry reactions for gentle biblical responses. Because who who wanted to be that mom, right? Mm-hmm. Whether you were raised in an angry home or in a really peaceful home, you never thought that you would do it because mm-hmm. if you were raised in it, you swore you wouldn't. And if you weren't, you didn't even know to expect it. And then you have that child or third or fourth child, and it's like something breaks inside of you and out comes all of this gnarly um, impatience and, and blame and shame and the stuff that you didn't ever imagine you would throw on your kids. And so we work through those triggers and the pages of triggers, one trigger at a time, how to respond right when our kids do wrong. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where we even came to this conversation that you and I wanted to have today is people wanted to say, okay, but what about this scenario? Okay. What about that scenario? Like, I get the idea that I don't want to do wrong, but what in the stink am I supposed to say that's right when they have not listened to me the first thousand times? Amen. So uh, I I think that this is going to be a lot of fun to do together. And always, Monica, the idea isn't, hey, do what we say or do what we do. It's if you're doing it wrong, you've got to stop doing it wrong. And you can choose (laughs) another thing to try. And it might also be wrong. But the idea is if you're doing, if if you're speaking to your kids the wrong way Mm -hmm. or giving the wrong kind of consequence, don't keep doing the same wrong. At least try another wrong (laughs) on your way to trying to find what the right fit is for you and your loved ones. So that's what I've done. And this is kind of why I'm here. And I think we're going to have a good time talking. Oh my goodness. I love that. I love what you just said there because it is so true. I think so much of life is habit. And even if we don't like what we're doing, it can be just habitual, a reaction, a way of responding to something. So that's a big key right there. I love that little nugget to start with. So thank you. Yes. So Wendy is on with me today to talk practical parenting. We have received so many emails and messages just saying exactly what Wendy just said. You know, this is all good. I want to follow these principles. I want to honor God in my parenting. But what do you guys think about this? What do you think about that? And so what we did was we collected a nice little list of some of the questions most commonly asked or um, 
that have come in recently from moms of kids of all different ages. And we're going to do our best to just share from our perspective some things that we might have to say and hopefully um, point you to the Word of God that will be your best source of wisdom to deal with everything parenting and everything in life. So that's what Wendy and I are up to today. So Wendy, are you ready? I'm going to just pull up our first question. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So first question that came in, this was through Facebook. And um, again, most of these that we're choosing represent other questions we've gotten. So even though it might be specific, we're going to answer it as generally as we can so that this will apply to a whole bunch of you. But this was from a mom of a 14-year-old son. And she says, I'm having difficulty with my 14-year-old obeying even the simplest things. Don't use my iPad. I find him sneaking my iPad. No YouTube. I find him watching YouTube. So let's talk about younger teens obeying the simplest things. Wendy, do you want to dive yeah. in and start this one? Sure. And and I've joked over the years, you know, I told you about how triggers is laid out with different triggers. Mm -hmm. And if I could go back and do it over again, I would have a chapter just called 14. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> because 14 year old is actually like, it's a really, it's a really big deal, like yes. 12 and 13 and the pushback and the emotions and all that stuff. But at 14, they've got all of that, um, hormonal stuff, mm -hmm. but they mm -hmm. also are becoming men yes. and, and there's a whole lot of muscular strength to do what they want and to not be told what to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, we're hoping that in the years leading up to 14, that they, they have a heart to obey. Yes. And I've found that they can even have sweet hearts that want to obey, but the testosterone and the desire to grow into a man who owns his own self, yeah. um, sometimes the pull of that is a little bit strong. Mm -hmm. And so I think starting always from a place of empathy, like what's going on developmentally with my kid, yes. not as a means to give an excuse to wrong behavior, but maybe to allow us to, um, you know, soften our, our knee jerk reaction to them doing wrong dot, dot, dot again yes. and again and say, okay, why do they keep doing this? Yep. All right. What do they need from me? And so always I like to encourage when you're not having the problem is the right time for the lecture. Yes. So if you, if you are a, a talker at your kidder, like <laughs> I happen to be uh -huh. the yeah, best raised. time to talk, if I really want it to be received is not when they're doing it. Mm -hmm. So finding a time, I remember Sally Clarkson used to always talk about, um, that tuck in was like the best time for having those conversations. Oh, yeah. Everybody's calm, and kind, mm -hmm. it's one-on-one. -on -one. How was your day? And everybody's hearts are soft toward each other. Yes. And that's a really nice time to kind of get your mind around what you want to bring up. Yes. Have you noticed that this has been a recurring problem? <laughs> what, why do you think it is? What, what's the struggle for you? Right. Are you not getting enough of something that you're wanting? Yes. Um, how's this going to look like in your life if you can't learn to follow some of these simple instructions? And so finding a time when you're not having the problem mm -hmm. to deal with a problem would be my first bit of advice. Yes. Um, I love that. And what do you think, Monica? Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. And the tuck in time, I couldn't agree more. I was the word that came to my mind right away was just the, the soft heart. I do think they receive so much better at a quiet time like that. But then I think that's also a time to bring up 
um, a well thought through consequence for, you know, if it's something like disobeying, taking an iPad or being on YouTube, and that's a rule that you have for your home for that son, then I would say bedtime or that quiet time is also a great time to say, listen, because I love you, I'm going to have to be giving you consequences and I need to do it consistently. That's part of my job. And so this is what it will be and name it clearly, make it consistent. And then when it comes up, you will be in a better position to unemotionally offer that consequence and just say, because this happened again and, and we've talked about this and this is no surprise you know, here's here's a dirty chore that I'm going to ask you to do outside of your normal jobs at home. It's time to take this bucket and this mop and go do this or hand over this device or this game or this favorite thing because we're going to go the next 24 right. hours without it, whatever that consequence, whatever your son's currency might be. Um, but I think talking about it so it's not like your knee-jerk reaction, you know, that's it. I'm taking this away or you have to do that. But they are prepared and they know that they've kind of signed up for the consequence because you've warned them. Right. And you know, the very first time I looked at this question, the first word that came to mind for me was currency, mm-hmm. which you talk about in the sure. boy mom book, yeah. which is what, what is that thing that's, that means something to them mm-hmm. that if, if they need a consequence, like that's the, that's the thing to go to, that's the go-to response. Yes. And it'll be different for each of the kids. Yes. And we don't, we don't do fair in our house. We right. don't do like, well, you know, everybody has the same consequence. Everybody mm-hmm. has the same thing they're working on. No, we, there are individuals who have individual struggles and have individual distractions to, yes. that keep them from obeying. And so we, we deal with it like that. And so that was going to be my, my very first go-to response. But at the, at the last minute, I just thought about that, that idea of not addressing the problem when you're having the problem. I love it. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I think I've if I could say, get that one down, don't. I would be in a lot better place all day long. Just taking that step back. Well, yeah. I need to work on that. Um, I think all of us. Yes. And we can, we can kind of prepare ourselves. It doesn't mean you ignore the problem when you're having the problem. Yes. Um, but there's really two ways of, of talking it through one in advance. Mm -hmm. And two, if you haven't done that yet, mom, and the problem happens, then to say, I know that, you know, what you've done wrong in this moment, I need to take that iPad away or we're shutting down YouTube. Yes. Um, you know, I'm going to take that off of all the devices. There's no more YouTube for our family for the rest of this month. Right. Um, but we're going to talk about it later. So good. We'll talk really, we'll, we'll talk about the issue. We'll talk about the consequences later, but right now I'm just too offended Mm -hmm. to not be offensive in how I talk to you. No, I love that. It's, you know, it's back to the idea of putting mom in a timeout. If we Uh haven't, dealt by dealt well ahead of time, then we need to not blow it in the moment and find some time where we can do it right. Absolutely. I love that. And circling back to how you even opened this particular question, talking about how they're becoming young men. I think that this is about that delicate balance of seeing the young man emerging within them, but also making sure they know that for really the rest of their life, but especially as long as they're in your home, you are still their God-given authority. You are still their mother, and they have a father, mm-hmm. and that there is a attitude of respect that is really required, and that this will matter the rest of their life, whether they're in a workplace or, you know, working alongside somebody else, that you can be a young man. You can have all the muscles. You might tower over me in your size, but... 
there's still an attitude yeah. of respect that is required and that standard must be upheld. Yeah. And we found, my husband and I have found that dinner time conversations is a great time, mm. especially um, because the the brothers coming up behind him, mm. they get to learn oh, as a byproduct. Love it. You know, uh, and I'll, I'll say, hey, Caleb, I'd love to tell the family what we were talking about last night sure. and go into this idea of respecting rules. And this doesn't just have to do with your relationship with us, but your relationship with teachers, professors, sure. your future roommate at college, your yes. wife, who you yes. date, yes. Um, your boss, your relationship with your boss, and just have a, a dinnertime conversation about God said that when you obey your mom and your dad, it goes well for you. Mm -hmm. But I think that maybe that's more than just, it goes well for you because you obey your mom and dad. No, you, it's going to go well for you in the long life that the Lord has given you mm. in the land. I mean, that's what the, that's what the scripture goes on to say, well, what does that have to do with mom and dad? No, that means you learn it with mom and dad. And then you have a long life of really honoring and respecting people so good. for your future too. Yes. And these become conversations so that when we have these, that's why I started by saying, if you're going to be a lecturer, <laughs> don't do it when you're having a problem. Yep. Yep. Um, but then we can kind of point back to that. Hey, remember when we talked about that a blessing comes when you obey me? Remember that big conversation we had at the dinner table or at tuck-in? Yeah. We're losing blessings now because yep. you're not obeying totally. me. Yep. Like those can be short consequences. Um, because we've already done the work of the lecture. Exactly. And they know, they know right in that moment, they, they recall, know. they go back and they get it. Well, I love that. I think for all the moms of 14 year olds out there, I think that's one you can camp out on for a while. So I'll move on to the second yeah. question. Are you ready? We've got, Oh yeah. we're moving now down a little bit younger kids to a six year old. And Wendy, you and I, had a little exchange about this topic before we hopped on. So I know you've got some thoughts on it, but a six-year-old with big feelings and back talking. So um, this mom wrote that her um, son recently started kindergarten and was having a hard time adjusting. She's trying to coax him with gentleness and make him realize he can do hard things and that school is going to happen regardless. But her mama heart is struggling to find the right words. Mm, I get it. I just, I just love her question because, um, it, it, it honors again, yes. the age, not just the age, but, but the personality mm -hmm. and, and, um, and yet another way that we're setting up our kids for success, like we want them to honor us so that they learn to honor others. We want them to learn when they're six to do hard things because their life is going to be full of hard things. Yes. Yes. So, um, you know, I had a very emotional six-year-old in, in college. I did not have an emotional <laughs> six-year-old in college. I had an emotional six-year-old who went to kindergarten. I mean, really, yeah. really struggled, and we made it through the year. But I pulled him out, and we did homeschooling together. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being the right fit for our family. However, I did talk to the Lord about this and said, God, I do not want to rescue him exactly. from a life of doing hard things. Yes. Like I will homeschool him if that's what this child needs right now, mm -hmm. but I don't want to do it as a rescue measure yes. that's going to set him up for needing a life of rescues. Right. Um, so I think that it's really a two part again, um, question, which is 
what do we do with our highly sensitive kiddos? Mm -hmm. How do we help them? And then also, um, how do we set them up so that they can be ready for a life that is going to have trials and tribulations? Sure. Um, and, and so the first is, again, just recognizing the temperament of the, of the child, the personality of the child. And there are more emotional children out there. My, my more emotional child, I remember one night he said, when I was tucking him into bed and for him, the meltdowns all happen at bedtime. Uh And even though he's older, like he still gets really, really emotional at bedtime. Mm -hmm. And he said to me one night, he said, mom, I feel like a crumpled piece of paper and I want you to flatten me out. And I'm going to tell you my words of how I feel. And I want you to write them down and then read them back to me. Are you kidding me? Oh, I was like, oh my God, first of all, my voice just now, I sounded like he's an old Jewish man, but um, <laughs> I don't but even know drama. what that Listen, but, uh, I but hope... he was so, yeah. it's incredible what he said. Yes, and it I, is. I thought, who says that? Who first says of all, that? who, who yeah. says that? Well, apparently it's my poetry. child does. That's poetry. It's poetry. That's well, and it was around that time where I thought I'm probably raising a C.S. Lewis. Uh-huh. I think like so. there's something marvelous about this child and his awareness of his emotions and his ability to articulate his thoughts and feelings beautifully. And what I want to say to this mom who wrote in the question is there's something really marvelous about your emotional child. Yes. It's not a surprise to God that he's emotional. Mm. Now, is it possible that you might find something in his diet that could help him cope with life better. Mm-hmm. I found that when I took my kid off of um, artificial colors, that um, he was able to cope with life a little bit mm-hmm. better. Interesting. And um, so, like, there are things that we can search and try to do for their benefit. Can we spray some lavender on their pillowcase? Yeah, would that help? Maybe. Right. Um, can we talk about our emotions in a helpful way with them? Mm-hmm. Yes, maybe. However, I think it's really important that we recognize that God in his creative, uh, masterful design of our children made some with deep, deep feelings that can be overwhelming for them. Mm -hmm. And God in his thoughtfulness gave them us as parents to help them through these overwhelming feelings. And so we don't need to be, um, offended that they take so much out of us, though that might be your go-to overarching emotion right. some days, yeah. that it's not fair that we're doing this crying again. Yeah. But God really chose us to be the mom for that kid with the big emotions. Sure. So again, just like we're recognizing the 14 year old is 14, we're, we're recognizing that the emotional child is an emotional child. Mm -hmm. And from there we go to God. And I'm, I'm reminded of the um, prayer that, that Solomon prayed. God said, you can have anything you can ask for anything. And King Solomon in all his wisdom (laughs) said, God, give me wisdom as I lead this great people of yours. And I think that that's the prayer we need to pray for our, um, for parenting our, yes. our kids with all their unique challenges as God, I need, I need wisdom as I lead this very sensitive child. Oh, How yeah. do I help him? Yes. And it could be 
a routine in the morning. Mm-hmm. I think routines in the morning are very powerful. I also think that speaking the same life-giving words are, I'm reminded of that, that movie, The Help, uh-huh. or, sorry, the book. You just, you can just guess that I read the book. Sure. I'm calling it a movie. It's a line <laughs> from a movie, but it's actually a line from the book first. Right. Um, the helper, the, the woman who works in the house picks up the daughter that has been neglected by the mother in the house. And she says, you is lovely. You is smart. Mm -hmm. You is loved. And and she just speaks all of these, these wonderfully affirming words, this girl. Mm -hmm. And I do that with my child to this day. He's now 14, but we started it when he was probably six. Mm -hmm. He knows the verse, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, think about these things. So we'll go over that verse and then I'll say, here's the truth, buddy. Yes you are going to have a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. Here's the truth. You are going to wake up refreshed. Here's another truth. You've got good friends at school and you are going to wake up. You've got a list of the things you need to do in the morning next to your bed waiting for you. Yes, I'll wake you up. We'll eat bacon in the morning because that's always (laughs) a win. Yes, And um, and then I'm going to drive you to school and you're going to have a great day. And so Having some of these routines, routines yes. um, and not giving into the emotion when he right. gets emotional is another big one. So I mean, I could probably camp out here for I know. an hour, yeah, because it's something we work through regularly. Right. And then the fact that I'm still working through it. Yes. Don't expect them to learn it by the end of you know the first semester of kindergarten. It's so true. This might be for that child a, a recurring struggle. It is so true. And in yeah. life. Yeah, you and I agreed that this could be an entire episode, this topic, because I do think it's so important. And I think that it's so easy for us to just push those feelings aside. I know I confess my husband and I have a phrase with our youngest. We just say, do hard things, just do hard things. And it's easy in a moment where there's a real need to just say, oh, do hard things. That's our mantra. And like, you know what? Actually, no, this is a time to stop and listen and be sensitive to what's going on. And um, I know just last night, just a little side story, but we had a friend over for dinner who's a military ranger, and he was kind of telling some stories about time, um, you know, that he's faced some really scary things when he was in Afghanistan, and all the boys are just listening, you know, so intently. But um, I wasn't really sensitive to the fact that Levi, who's just nine, was there. And some of you remember, this is like going back almost two years now, but we had a little scare here in Hawaii where there was an accidental text message sent to all residents of Hawaii saying that there was an incoming missile sent from... I so remember this. Oh, it was awful. It was awful. And it said incoming missile. It was on a Saturday morning and there was a loud alarm said incoming missile. This is not a drill. And it appeared it was from the government. And I did what any (laughs) crazy mom would do and gathered my kids in our laundry room and covered our bodies and shook and prayed and tried to recite scripture. And, um, you know, we we found out 20 to 30 minutes later that that was an accident. But those were a long 20 and 30 minutes. And so just last night, as I'm tucking my little guy in bed, he was in tears just saying, Mom, I have dreams about that missile. That it was real, and I see it in a video. I see the missile coming, and it's never hit, but I've had dreams. And I just thought he was seven years old when that happened, and the rest of us have recovered. But it just made me stop and say, You know, this isn't a time to say, Oh, do hard things, go to sleep. This is a time to right. say, 
I'm here for you. Let's talk about this. Let's pray through this. And let's, let's, you know, if we need to, let's talk to somebody else about this. Cause I saw a little bit of PTSD happening there. So I do think being sensitive to our kids' feelings and, um, working with them through it last night, I said, go in and sleep with your brother tonight and just have a safe place where you feel yes. a little more secure. Normally I'm strict. I'm like, you're in your own bed tonight. You need to be tough, but no, there's a time. So I think that some of this too, is just praying and asking the Holy spirit to lead us as moms to know when to give them a hard thing to do and when to stop and really listen and be sensitive. I'm so glad that you shared that story. Absolutely. And I think that even though that's a really specific, unique example of Uh a circumstance that left a scar that's affecting him sometimes. um, And I know that for moms that have kids that like every day there's a meltdown or seven, Mm we can get to the place where I don't, I don't have the time no. or the energy, energy to go through your feelings right now. <laughs> yeah, um, and I know I, even as that comes out of my mouth, I know that it sounds mean, but anyone out there who's in that place, they're like, thank you for saying it, Wendy, yeah. because it's really, really exhausting mm-hmm. for us. Yes. But your, your story is such a good good thing for us to hear because there are real reasons. Mm-hmm. There are real scars. Yes. And again, just, just like I said, we're the mom yes. that God gave to that child. And so we need to continue to be what a child needs. Yes, absolutely. To and be some, in your form. Well, I was just going to say some of the things that may seem small to us in their heart or mind were big and can, you know, be scars that last a lifetime. So I think tuning in, even if it's yeah. not a huge trauma, it might be something that really at that moment made a mark on their heart. So for For sure, sure. I think. And then back to that idea of the scripture is in this world, you will have many troubles, but we can be of good cheer for Christ has overcome the world. And I think that that um, truth we get to implant in the hearts of all of our children, because all of our kids, whether they seem to be, you know, have an emotional bent or not, they need to know heart is coming, heart is coming heart is coming, yes. but here's why we can be of good cheer. Yes. Christ never leaves us. He never forsakes us. Mm-hmm. He is with us always. He's over, he's overcome everything hard in this life. Yes. He's overcoming still. Um, and there are just so many great conversations to be had. So just like with the first question, these are conversations to be had around a, a dinner table or at tuck in time together. Let's have these big conversations. So when the struggles happen, whether it's the first question struggles or the second question right. struggles, have had conversations we can point back to. Exactly. As we encourage, as we discipline, as we hug, yes. as we send them to their rooms. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, I love all of that. And the relationship is being built and you know, maybe they write down some scriptures, maybe they write down some things that they turn to that they need for comfort, but they're all coming back to those conversations we've had because we've prepared in advance. So oh, it all takes time, it takes intention, but it's the most well spent time you'll ever have. And it'll save you heaps of time later, if you do the work ahead. So Mm. I love that. Well, this next one I'm going to turn to is also we've kind of camped on bedtime a little bit in that last one but this is about bedtime for tweens and teens and man yes you know wait before you even before you even say it I I sort of want to read this question so that you you hear me saying Monica wait um, I was gonna make you 
in mine. Shoot. Oh no. We all need advice. That's why we're doing this 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 episode is because we all want to hear what's working for other people because this I know is not working for me. So I'm taking over now. Okay. Monica, would you please share how you direct bedtime for your teens? Queens, because I'm finding this stage much more frustrating than when they were even toddlers. Uh, and um, the the toddler stage tuck-ins, like that's a real that's a real thing. But as they get older, nighttime in general takes uh, a different shape. So I'd love to hear from you how you and Dave kind of what you're doing at bedtime for yeah, the boys. Thanks, Wendy, for putting me on the spot. So now I'm officially passing this one off to all the listeners out there who I'm going to direct to the show notes at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. Find this episode and leave us what you do if you have tweens or teens. But I'll tell you from my experience, it is a frustrating time, honestly. And I think a lot of this has to do with personality of the parents because my husband is a night owl and he is a really laid back guy. He's not a big guy on schedule. I mean, he gets up in the morning and makes it to work, but I am also, I don't, I'm not naturally good at scheduling things, but I do know that I like some time at night with nobody up but my husband and I. I really need and want and crave just some quiet. And yet I tend to have teenagers about 1030 at night kind of wandering around the house, just not even sure what they're doing. And I just eventually say, would you just get out of my space? Because there's no reason to be up. So I try, I start every school year saying, you know, we have this strict bedtime and from nine o'clock on, you can be up as late as you want, but all you get is a book and um, no devices and stay in your room. If you need (laughs) snacks, then stockpile some snacks in your bedroom (laughs) because I don't want to see you like I'm done. Um, But I'm strict for about a week and then I tend to forget my own rules and then I'm just frustrated. So I'm working on this. It's, it's, I'm a work in progress. Um, I do believe that kids do really well reading at night. I think it's a wonderful time to have a good book by their bed. And often if they're tired, they're just going to fall asleep, which is what they really need. So, um, Wendy, Mm -hmm. passing it back to you, anything to add to that? Not very helpful answer. (laughs) We, we actually started the same thing. So there, there's the, the bedtime, um, and, that they are welcome to stay up as late as they'd like with a book. Now I do have one child who will stay up all night. And so someone needs to come out and say, okay, buddy, it it actually is time lights out. You need to sleep. We're getting up early. Um, But I think that that's a wonderful way also to, to kind of give shape to the life they're going to have and what Mm -hmm. they do in the evenings. Mm -hmm. You know, are we binge watching Netflix with them? Um, yeah. We'll, we will do that every now and then. Like yeah. we'll say, Oh, guess what? On Netflix, they have the new, the new season of the flash. Yes. So for a month, we, you know, we'll do that together <laughs> in the evenings, yeah. but not necessarily late into the night. Right. Um, but for in general, once we've had dinner and everything's cleaned up and we've had the evening around the house together, as they get older, that, that bedtime has moved back, but by nine, yes, mm-hmm. they should be in in bed and with a good book, or most of the time they're exhausted. The younger ones are the youngest one is for sure. But I have the same situation that you do where my husband's a little more back about it and he'll stay up and, you know, 
okay, yeah, let's watch a movie. I'm like, right. what? I'm oh, a yeah. school night and it's 8.30 uh-huh. now. Exactly. That doesn't work. I'm trying to be consistent. So, you know, oh. those are those are the nights where the I struggle give them a real. kiss and I say, I'm going to be in our room. I'm going to sleep early tonight. So That's right. Yes. And my youngest especially loves it when I read to him and scratch his back. And so it kind of helps for yeah. me to have a rule like, if you're in bed by 8.30, then I will read and scratch. If it's after 9 o'clock, yes. then, then sorry, you're going to miss out on that. So sometimes that's a motivator. But yeah, if, they're, if the big boys are watching surf videos, it's hard for the little guy not to go join them. And so I'm with you. Yes. No, I do the same thing. Hey, guys, here's a, here's a heads up. If you're in bed by 8.30 or 9 o'clock, yes. I'm going to come say goodnight. And I'll tickle the back and we'll have those great conversations that we alluded to exactly. in questions one and two. Yes. But if it's later than that, mama's done. Mama's done, mama's done. <laughs> for the day. Yes. And you need to be done because your body needs to um, get its rest before another busy day tomorrow. So trying to be consistent there with all of these things. I mean, don't we in the parenting conversation always come back yes. to consistency? Yes. The biggest challenge in my life. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to touch on one final question before we wrap up, because Wendy, I think we're going to turn this into a two-part Q&A um, series, if that's all right with you, because we we want to cover yeah. a few more of these. So I'm going to touch on one more because we're um, talking a little about those younger kids. And I'm just going to touch on this one about a strong-willed son. It's something we've talked about before. This mom says she has a six-year-old who seems to think he knows everything. And... Mm-hmm. um that's a real general question, but I think that, again, um, with a six-year-old, just like what we talked about before, it is such an important time to to listen to them, to hear them, to give them a voice. Um, being strong-willed, if this is about obedience, I think we need to go back to some of those just boundaries and freedoms like Wendy and I talked about way back in, I think that was episode number three. But um, mm-hmm. any other thoughts, Wendy, on how to respond to that six-year-old who is just strong-willed, maybe an arguer even, maybe... Right, you know, argumentative. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's a an actual diagnos- diagnosis that... that a lot of strong-willed kids have, and it's mm. called um, ODD, Oppositional Defiance yes, Disorder. Sure. Um, and yeah. oftentimes these kids also have ADD, so yeah. they're mm-hmm. you know they're kind of bouncing all over the place with a lot of contrary energy, let's just say, and they're they're ready to argue their way all the time, mm-hmm. and their way and their way of arguing is often stronger than my way of arguing, mm-hmm. and so I can get to the end of a day and feel like I've been in a battle. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to feel that way. That's not why I wanted to have a family. It was so that we fought each other. Um, so I'm, I'm really tenderhearted to this, but I wanted to point back to the, the question about the, the highly sensitive kiddo where I said that this may be part of their design. Yes. And, um, it's really, really helped me, whether it's talking about strong willed or, it's with ADD to acknowledge the fact that they're fearfully and wonderfully made by a God with a very good plan for their lives. And that God with a very good plan for their lives had a very good plan when he gave those kiddos to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, that's helped me a lot because my tendency is I want to unmake my children Mm -hmm. so that I can make them more into my image for their lives. Yes. 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 Um, And easier to raise. I thought, 
Yes, for sure. Who wouldn't want that? I think that I thought when I had my kids that because they were my kids, they would fit comfortably mm. into our home. Sure. Uh, you know, they, they are part their dad and they're <laughs> part me and, and, and uncle oh, Joe they're and grandma. Fit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly them too um so when it, when when it turns out that they actually don't fit comfortably i've said before that they feel a little bit like sandpaper to me those those strong-willed or argumentative kids like they're always rubbing up against me and one day i was thinking about that term sandpaper and was just reminded that if anyone knows what to do with a piece of sandpaper, it's a carpenter, mm. i.e. Yeah. Jesus. Amen. <laughs> so what in the world was God thinking when he placed this metaphorical paper in our home? Mm-hmm. Um, know that none of my yelling at him, none of my harping, none of my blaming and shaming him for being this personality has done a lick of good to help him be any different cope with our grace and love and kindness toward yes. one another. Yes. So what's, what's the plan, God? What, what's the purpose of sandpaper? And I'm just reminded that the knots and the gnarly pieces in our lives and um, God does uh, through our kids often. Yes. So how do I get my strong to obey or anything like that? That's It's more like, how do I deal with my strong-willed son? I think was actually the question. Mm-hmm. And I think it starts with recognizing that this is part of his nature. That doesn't mean that we're going hands off. They need our help. So just like the highly sensitive child needs our help to deal with their emotions in a healthy way so that they can do hard things. The, the child who has um, a really tenacious, argumentative, strong willed personality needs our help to tone it down to Channel. slow it down yes. and to figure out how to work with people instead of just, um, you know, fight for their own way at the time. And again, we're the moms to do that. Amen. Yeah. So, so those, those are some of my first thoughts I, because I, like I said, I really wanted to do him and redo him Sure. more comfortable for me, but that's not my God. I'm the mom who gets to raise the ones who God has in his wisdom and kindness given me. So I say, all right, Lord, give me a vision. Give me a vision for what this personality will, will look like as a man. Where does it need some refining? And where is it really, really good? Is he going to be a diplomat? Is he going to be a a lawyer? Is he going to be a pastor? Is he going to be, um, what? And then what are some of the things that are going to be hard in his, in his relationships back to the, to the idea that we were talking about with a 14 year old, um, who needs to be able to honor us. Well, you need to not argue with every person that you're doing life with. I love that. And so what's that going to look like at six and eight and and 12 and 14? Sure. And how are we going to work through that? Are there consequences? Are there practices? Um, Sometimes we'll come to the dinner table and our kids almost always have the tendency to argue their way through dinner (laughs) with one another and issues. And I always want to cry because dinner time is supposed to be so special. Oh, yes. So sometimes I'll roll. And I'll be like, okay, guys, we're going to come to dinner. I've made one of your favorite things. 
we're going to have conversations where we listen to each other really well and we don't argue. Right. And I'll set them up that this is practice because mm-hmm. we use the verse all the time, train up a child in the way he should go mm-hmm. so that when they're old, they will not from it. But we don't really do a lot of training. We do a lot more disciplining sure. that they haven't learned it yet. Sure. But maybe we need to back up and say, okay, my strong-willed kid that wants to argue with me about everything. Right. Dinner tonight is training mm-hmm. for how to not, not argue. Yes. We're yes. just going to be soft yes. and enjoyable with each other. Right. How to take some of those same right. skills, to... communication, articulation, all of that, but, but using it in effective communication, not in an argumentative way. So... Absolutely. Yes, I love that. I, if I, you if you agree with people or not, if you're getting your yes, way or not, yes. How do we how do we practice that in our home so that you might enjoy relationships for um, sure for your whole life? Yes, I love that. I I wrote a blog post years ago that I'll link to in show notes, but I believe it was called "What When Your Kid Argues About Everything." It was five tips, I believe. But yes, I made that note in there that you know I've got lawyers in my family, and I look at some of my kids, and I think, you know, maybe maybe God is going to grow them up to use this this gift in some special way. But in the meantime, let's teach them to steward it well. Let's teach them what that can look like. Because certainly, if they're not able to handle it well in the family, what what is that going to look like when they're out someday sitting around the lunch table at work or with their college roommates, and you just want to give them those skills so that they can best steward that gift that they've been given. And then this also reminds me back what I was saying about the prayer. Um, which is God, give me wisdom as I, as I lead this great people of yours, give me wisdom to catch a vision for how you made my son strong-willed Absolutely. because while I think it's a mistake, (laughs) the reality is that you are a very good God with very good plans for my child's life. So would you let me catch a vision for the vision that you have for my kids so that I can join you in your vision for his life rather than my vision? And I'm still going to be here. I mean, he's a sandpaper rubbing up against me, refining me, but I'm here to refine him too. Right. And so let me join you, God, in what you're doing in my kiddo's life. Mm-hmm. I love that. So good. So good. And it just gives us that that purpose in what we're doing as the moms. We have a high calling and sometimes it's just doesn't, like you said, it's just not that easy flow. Sometimes it's actual work. And again, it's good work. It's important work. And it's work that we look back on later when it gets easier. And we say, I'm so glad I did the work. So those are just such, such good nuggets to hold on to. Thank you, Wendy, for all of that. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. So we'll we'll do it again. We'll we'll attack some more tomorrow. Awesome. Well, I so appreciate your wisdom and your grace and your experience. Thank you so much for being with us. And I'll look forward to next time talking more. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Talk to you all soon. All right. Okay, guys, hope you enjoyed that Q&A with Wendy Speak. Please do look for show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast or forward slash episode dash 24. Uh, we have one more episode packed full of Q&As coming up next week. So be sure to come back and join us. And um, again, just always love hearing from you. So feel free to send me an email at aloha at monicaswanson.com. Um, sharing any feedback or any requests for topics or guests to have in future episodes. So look forward to seeing you. We've got one more Aloha Friday episode this week. And then I announced last Friday, I will be taking a break from the Fridays 
because my fall and winter are looking a little cuckoo as I will be doing a bunch of traveling with my son Luke for a surf contest, which will be super fun. Just don't want to kill myself trying to keep up two episodes a week, but I will be back on Tuesdays as much as is humanly possible and technologically possible. Um, so hopefully there will be no interruptions in my Tuesdays. Uh, anyway, you can catch one more Aloha Friday this week, and then I will be back again next week, Tuesday, with Wendy for one more Q&A. Thanks for your time, guys. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of the week, and until next time, Aloha.